2: Hello everyone, Charles Watts here, it's Sunday, welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal where we will be reflecting a little bit more in depth in yesterday's 2-2 draw with Fulham. Of course, if you haven't seen it yet and you're watching this on YouTube, I did do a post-match reaction show yesterday where I getting new guys involved and um, there was clearly a lot of frustration, um, I think that's probably the right word to describe how um, most of the fan base, if not all of the fan base, was feeding after yesterday's result. Arsenal toiling for most of the game to get themselves back into it, managing to do so, turning things around, leading 2-1 against 10 men and then conceding a last minute. Well, I say last minute, last minute of normal time equaliser. There were, of course, nine minutes of stoppage time after that where Arsenal tried in vain to get themselves a winner. Wasn't to be, went close a couple of times, but... Bert Leno um, denying them on more than one occasion, especially that shot from Fabio Vieira towards the end and Arsenal having to settle for a point from a game they really were not probably. They definitely should have won, given the opportunity. So we'll speak about that a lot more in depth than we did yesterday. Today, we'll have a look at what Mikel Arteta has had to say on various things. We'll get plenty of your comments as well, which I've been putting together. Um, Certainly a sense of uh frustration as i said about exactly what's going on um why perhaps performances haven't been up to a certain level yet this season uh, so we will talk about all of that as well so let's let's get cracking on this shall we i mean if you're watching this on youtube i've just pulled up the stats from yesterday's game and, and the starting lineup and obviously arsenal going with that 4-3-3 if you want to call it that formation basically with thomas party again at right back ben white again playing alongside william salibu shuffled across to the left side of the center backs Kivior coming in in replace of Tommy Asu, so Zinchenko not deemed fit enough to start yet. Kai Havertz once again starting in the midfield with Declan Rice and Odegaard and surprisingly Leandro Trossard coming in for Eddie Nketiah, despite Nketiah I think playing well for the first couple of games. So there was definitely some surprises in that starting 11, Um, and there's plenty to talk about. In that and the system and the formation and lots of you have been getting involved and asking and putting comments in about that. But I mean, before we get to the summer, I mean, you just look at the mat stats, you can see, despite all the reservations about the formation, the system, who played where uh, and all that, Arsenal still absolutely dominated this game and should have won this game very, very comfortably. They had 19 shots to Fulham's eight, they had 11 shots on target to Fulham's three, they had 72% possession, they had three times as many passes as them. Uh, You look at the XG, I mean, it's staggering there at the end of the game. 3.01 to Arsenal, 0.46 to Fulham, yet the game finishes two apiece. Um, You know, and there was plenty, (laughs) I'm just laughing at the noise I just made there, trying to get my words out. There's plenty of reason to be frustrated at some of the performance and performance of certain individuals. But I think collectively, when you look at how the team still managed to play and the chances they created and the lack of chances that they gave away for Arsenal to end up drawing that game is just really, really disappointing. It's a game they absolutely should have won. Um, Again, Arsenal conceded a first goal inside a minute at home. That's the third time in 2023 that has happened. It's the first time in Premier League history that a team has conceded a first-minute goal three times at home in the same calendar year. Mikel Arteta speaking about it said, look, errors are part of football and it's where you make them and how the opponent takes advantage and it's the difference. We had a big one last year here against Fulham. We just gave a goal to Mitra Well, It's part of football. It is part of football. I agree with that. But giving away goals inside the first minute at home is not really part of football on a regular occurrence. Anyway, Arsenal, I saw a stat and I haven't checked this out. I saw a stat doing arounds on Twitter and I probably should have checked it out before I brought this up because you can never, you always should fact check things you see on Twitter. But um, I saw someone saying that in since 1993 or 94, 93, whenever the Premier League started to this year, to before basically the goal that Arsenal conceded to Philip Billing against Bournemouth at the start of this year in that 3-2 game. So if you're 1994, 1993 until then, Arsenal conceded two goals in what, 30 years at home inside the first minute and then in the last six months they've conceded three so when Mikhail says it's part of football that's not part of football at all it can't it shouldn't be happening this yes you can make mistakes during the game but to do it three times inside the first minute and concede goals basically from the kickoff that is not part of football and it shouldn't be part of football because it leaves you such a mountain to climb it changes the whole mentality of a game it changes the mentality of both teams as well suddenly the home side is Arsenal you're panicking you're desperately trying to get yourself back in the game if you're fulham or southampton for example when they did it or even bournemouth when they did it suddenly you got something to protect even more so um and it just gives you an extra boost an extra determination to see the game out so it's not really part of football and it can't keep happening you cannot keep doing something like that because it's completely changing the game it completely changes the mindset of a game and the mentality as i said and i'm convinced you know, if Arsenal hadn't conceded that goal yesterday, it would have been a completely different match. Absolutely, completely different match. But because they do, again, the mindsets of both teams changes, and that has to stop. It can't keep happening. So I don't agree with what Mikel Arteta has to say there. I didn't think the comparison of what happened with Mitrovic last year, which was midway through the second half was much to do with what's going on. I and mean, you can just see in the picture I've got on screen here of after Saka has made that back pass and the, and the finish is happening. You can see Mikel in the background has got his hands on his head. He knows it's just such a ridiculous thing to do and position to put yourselves in. And it absolutely can't keep happening. Um, I mean, there's a co- comment here from Heisenberg who's coming in in the comment. Thank you very much for this. He said, conceding early is on the players. Individual errors are costing us, not Arteta's tactics. Today, it was Saka's poor pass that cost us. Yeah, it was poor from Saka. Didn't have the best of games sacker I think even you look at the second goal not really switched on from that corner he's closest um to Paulinho, really and doesn't really react very quickly I don't think um and it was a poor error and as much as you know I think there's definitely a, a there's definitely a real sort of fair point to the questioning of Mikel Arteta at the moment and the tactics and the team that he's putting out and the individuals and where he's playing them I do think ultimately you know everyone's saying oh it's absolutely on Mikel yesterday's results I just don't really agree with that I think he certainly made mistakes with starting 11 in my opinion obviously he'll be different he'll he'll have a different opinion to that but um, I do think that the players have to take a lot of responsibility for what happened yesterday as well you know what can Mikel Arteta do when you suddenly give away a bad back pass and concede a goal inside the first minute what can Mikel Arteta do when a set piece in the last minute when you've worked so hard to get yourselves back in front you leave a player completely unmarked to score so I think the players have to take an awful lot of responsibility as well it's not just a case of saying oh, it's all on Mikel Arteta, I think everyone has to share responsibility for the drop points yesterday because those were two points that Arsenal absolutely shouldn't have dropped but conceding early, that is something What I don't know how you change it if it's something you do in the change room before If you, I don't know if it's something to do with how the players are setting up and positioned but there's got to be something that you can do where you can just ensure that for 60 seconds you don't concede a goal at home there's got to be something you can do to stop that happening and it doesn't sound like rocket science at all. Um, Kai Havertz it? has obviously been a massive figure of debate um since full time yesterday. Well actually since basically the first time first half whistle kicks off. Um and it's definitely a very um it's a it's a debate that needs to be had. He's obviously not played that well in the first three games. Um, yesterday was a really difficult one for him. He got hooked after, what, 55 minutes or so. The crowd started to turn a little bit, especially at the start of the second half when he had that ball played into him. And instead of turning and having a chance to play Eddie into space behind the defenders, he went back and gave the ball away. And you he heard the crowd all immediately get on his back at that point. And it wasn't long after that, Mikel Arteta. Uh, took him off and replaced him. And Mikel was asked about uh, his performance. He said, I saw an action when he played backwards and he could have turned, but that's one of the things and demands of everybody to play forward and impact the game in the final third because we have the urgency to win it. He was asked on whether he thinks Havertz will be able to win the Arsenal supporters over. He says, yes, I think so. I think he's already done some really good things. And today it was tough for him in certain moments. He's got in some great areas again and the ball didn't arrive and he had a lot of situations. He should have scored already a lot of goals. Uh, this season and that's the thing that is missing there and I think in a way he is right I think if, if Havertz can score a couple of goals it will certainly ease the pressure on him a little bit but I also think you know I just think I'll I be surprised if Havertz starts against Manchester United next weekend although I've said that about um, a lot of players so far this season they still continue to keep um, playing or being left on the bench but I, I think that was a difficult afternoon for Havertz yesterday and you kind of feel it will be better for him just to be taken out the firing line a little bit at the moment. Um, But also I think for the team, you need players who are really performing and obviously Kai Havertz at the moment is struggling a little bit and he looked yesterday like a player who was struggling for confidence. Things weren't paying off, you know, simple passes that he should have been playing weren't coming off and he was underhitting. It just looked like a player who was struggling for a bit of confidence and I think, when that starts to happen you need to be taken out at the of the starting 11 for for your own good really as well as for the for the team's good and you know there's been lots of people going in some of the some of the comments have been really brutal i think and um you know which i absolutely don't agree with i think criticism's fair it's football when you're a 65 million player 50, 65 million pound player and you don't perform then you're going to be criticized and that's just part of the game but um i think a lot of the things certainly that have been sent to me about Guy Havertz is stepping way over the line when it comes to criticism. And I'm certainly not going to put any of those on the screen. Here's one, though, from Dominic, which I thought was quite good. He said, I don't overly worry about Havertz yet. It's only been four games. People are rightly pointing to Vieira as a recent example of how time to settle is often needed. But even the greatest players like Henry didn't light it up early on. However, I would drop him for United because taking him out for Gabriel allows us to move party back into midfield gives us better balance, which we'll need against United. Overall on the transfer, which I always felt he was brought in to start as an eight, I always felt he should be brought as a squad player to come off the bench and help change games and provide cover across a multiple a multitude of positions. I know that's expensive for that role, but that's what it costs to build squads, he said. I think it's a really good comment. Dominic, I agree. I'm surprised in a way that Haberts has just been shoehorned straight into the side. You know, he hadn't really needed to play his way into the side. and um So in a way... I'm a little bit surprised about that. I agree, as I said about Manchester United, and I agree the Vieira example is one that is worth discussing because you know only it wasn't long ago everyone was hammering Fabio Vieira saying he's not good enough, he shouldn't be in the team. Now suddenly after a couple of good performances, everyone said, "Oh, play Fabio Vieira." So it can change very, very quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I can absolutely understand. One thing I don't really the, I would drop him for United because taking him out for Gabriel allows us to move party back into midfield see I'm, a lot of people are talking about that and talking about the balance of the team and um and things like that this one here from Andrew says, it's all down to Arteta justifying buying Havertz. We have changed our shape to accommodate him. He's trying to get party and Havertz in the same team and it doesn't work. Stick to the same back four and play one or the other. I'm not saying Havertz can't do a job, but we don't need him to start every game just because we pay big money for him. We need to look at what works. And at the moment, it doesn't feel like it is. Great Again, I think that's a really good point there. But one thing I don't agree with, with both Andrew potentially here and with Dominic, um, is the examples that Mikel is kind of, putting Havertz into the team and that is why party's playing at right back. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think if Havertz doesn't play yesterday and Vieira plays, I still think Party plays at right back. I don't think, you know, that experiment, if what if that's what you want to call it, is down to just getting everyone in the same side together. I just think he'd play party there anyway, even if Fierre had started yesterday, if Smith-Rowe had started yesterday, if Trossard had started as number eight, I think party still plays at right back. You know, we were seeing party playing at right back at the end of last season when Havertz hadn't even been signed yet. So I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think I think this is just the whole party right back thing. I don't think it's, it's about Havertz. I think it's about something that Arteta is clearly... Seeing that a lot of us aren't, and I certainly aren't, I just don't get it. the the part of all the things he's doing at the moment, I think the party at right back one is the most bizarre one that I just I just can't see a logical reason for it, and I can't see it in the performances that we're seeing from some of these players at, at the moment. I just think Arsenal look for, would look far far better without um, without party playing there with Ben White playing back at right back. You know, I think if Gabriel comes back into the team, I don't necessarily think again that's anything to do with Havertz. I think you could easily still play Haberts in that position that he's played the last four games, but have Ben White at right back, Saliba, Gabriel and and then whoever at uh, left back. So I'm not sure I agree totally on that. But I want to talk about, a little bit about Eddie Kettier now, who, um, again, I was really surprised. Everything again yesterday, I was really surprised that was in not starting. I was, you know, I even brought in into my FPL team <laughs> um, ahead of this one. And I'd left him on the bench for the first two games. So I'd lost out on a load of points. Finally bring him in yesterday and, and Mikel benches him, even though I thought he played really well against Crystal Palace, even though he missed a couple of chances. And he obviously scored against Forest at home. So I was surprised that was on the bench, but he came off the bench, played very, very well, scored a really good goal, it was a lovely finish, it was brilliant from Vieira with the ball in. But I thought uh, Eddie's finish was was excellent as well and he deserves an awful lot of credit. as two goals and you know winning a penalty now in three games for Eddie and Ketia. He's done a really good job once again, I think. Uh, While Jesus has been out injured, Jesus, of course, did come on late on yesterday. Uh, So, Mikael Spiedlow said, Look, about Eddie, he says, Great. He looks a real threat at the moment. He's in a good moment. I think he's full of confidence. I saw it straight away when I told him he was coming on in the second half. The fire in his eyes, and he's got an eye for goal. The way he finished the action was top. It just surprised me again when he's looking at those comments. Says he's in a good moment. I think he's full of confidence. I don't know why on earth didn't you start him? I just don't, I just don't get that decision. It really, really surprised me um, that he didn't start, especially when he sees a player, as he says, who's full of confidence and is in a really good moment. You just sort, sort of sort stick with him up top, don't you? It was yeah, surprising, I have to say. Um there. But he made a big impact, as did Fabio Vieira, you know, really big game. Potentially Fabio Vieira's best half an hour in an Arsenal shirt, I would say, when he came on. Did so many good things. Looked really confident. Wanted to get on the ball. Everything that he wasn't doing in the final few months of last season, when I think he, you know, there was times he almost looked like he was hiding on the pitch. He didn't want the ball, and when he got it, he just moved it on really, really quickly and didn't just kind of like habits at the moment. Just didn't look like he had any sort of confidence in his own ability to really influence the game and make an impact in the game. But yesterday, he sort of came on to exactly what you want to see. He took it by the scruff of the neck. Really made really big impacts. Obviously won the penalty scored uh sorry set up uh, eddie's goal with a fabulous pass and he had the overhead well, the bicycle kick which leno saved he had the shot at the end when he took it upon himself you know showed good responsibility to get into the box and have a shot which again leno saved he just looked like he really wanted to make an impact and that's what you want to see from fabio vieira because we know he's talented we saw enough last season to show he has a talent and he has a really good eye and really good technique but you just wanted him to just show a bit more about himself as a player when he was on the pitch. And I thought he did that yesterday. Mikel speaking about him said so Fabio is excellent. And in the first minutes, um, fa- sorry, Fabio is excellent. And it's the first minutes he's played in a Premier League this season. I was really impressed with how he wanted the ball and how positive he was, the decisions that he made, and the attitude that he had straight away. Fabio was was involved in everything we created, and I'm really happy with that. To see players with the ability to make and take chances with quality, it is my fault that Fabio has not played more, and today he gave me reasons to play him. And this is what, you know, when Mikel says something like that, players need to be rewarded for good performances. And I think Fabio Vera has to be rewarded for a starting spot against Manchester United next Sunday. You know, you've got to, as much as you've got to take Havertz out, I think, for his own good at the moment, and also the team's good because he's not performing that well, You've got to also then, like I said, reward players when they come on and they play very, very well. And so I think for, I think um, Fabio Vieira's got to start at the weekend against Manchester United, be rewarded for that performance. You know whether he can replicate it remains to be seen. But you've got to give players a chance to replicate it. So I really want to see Mikel Arteta reward Fabio. I think with a um, with a start. There is an argument I think for Man United, and we'll talk about this as we get closer to the game. There is perhaps an argument of playing going with the midfield three of party. Rice and Odegaard for the first time, really, in that trio um, to sort of counter the threat Manchester United have got. But I still look at what Man United have been doing this season and the games they've been playing and the space that's been that they've been allowing, like right through the centre of their team. And I just wonder if a more attacking central midfield three might be the way to go against them to get on the ball and cause them plenty of problems because lots of teams have been causing them problems last uh, so far this season. Um, Here's one now from Justin Credible. Uh, I wonder if you're going to AEW today. I'm off to AEW this afternoon. So uh, if you're going to Wembley and you uh, you see me, come over and say hello. Uh, Justin says, hi, Charles. Do you think it's right for Mikel to be trying this new system in these games when we didn't even attempt it during preseason? No, I don't really. And it's what's caught me so, by, so much by surprise. And again, it's why I just still have this little hunch that the whole Gabrielle thing, that there's more to it. Because there was no... I didn't there was no indication that this was going to happen during preseason? There was no indication, even up to the community shield when Gabriel started that this was going to happen. And Gabriel didn't do anything wrong in the community shield. Um, and that's why it just makes me think that there is potentially something a little bit more going on when it comes to Gabrielle. And we know about the interest from Saudi Arabia and all that, and you know, Mikel's insistent that it's not and it's purely tactical, but it just makes me if it was packed tactical, it's something surely that would have been worked on over preseason a lot more than than it was and so I just yeah I'm really really surprised by it it wasn't something I was expecting when the season got underway and um it doesn't appear to be to me anyway that it's something that's really working because as much as all the focus is seems to be on habits at the moment which I do think is unfair I think the focus needs to be more about the shape of that back line and um and I think it needs to be changed It needs to be reverted back as quickly as possible. I absolutely want to see Ben Wright, White right back against Manchester United uh, next weekend. Right. Here's one from uh, Dijon uh, says formation is a shambles. Why would you change a good thing from last season apart from Rice in for Xhaka? Far too many changes, messing up good link ups. Why not keep the same team and integrate the new sign-ins with on So frustrating. Gabriel link up with Saliba last season was brilliant. And it's just mind blowing to change this. Have to about that and beat United next week at home. Yeah, fully agree, Dijon, and like you, I think that the defence, the changes to the defence are the most baffling things of the lot. I'm just really, really surprised uh, that it's happened and agree also that maybe you need to bed, bed players in a little bit rather than just throwing them straight in, uh, which it appears he has done with... Um, with uh, kind of habits and yeah really really important Arsenal bounce back and beat Man United I mean at the end of the day this is you know there's lots of downbeat I've been a little bit surprised oh actually that's the wrong word because I never get too surprised when it comes to reaction online but you know it's almost like Arsenal lost yesterday 4-0 and they haven't won a game this season and they got no points this season some of the reaction they are sitting unbeaten still after three games with seven points from nine games Um, <laughs> it's far from crisis mode at the moment you know if this is going to be you know, Arsenal are going to drop points this season. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen probably more regularly than they did last season. Because I can't imagine Arsenal are going to go on the sort of run that they went on last season. So I think you just got to accept that sometimes you don't play at your very best or you don't take the chances that you should have done. And you just got to take a step back as frustrated as frustrated as it is to draw, but think, okay, it's a draw, not the end of the world. We move on. And I think, you know, we need to sort of Maybe take that into account a little bit. Here's one from Craig. It says, uh, I thought this was a good one. It's a little bit long, but I thought it was a good one. It said, OK, so here's what I'm seeing. Party at right back inverting gives us a double pivot of Rice and Party, which on paper is world-class, seriously world-class. White moving centre allows his distribution game to kick in. Crossfield passes to Martinelli a few times yesterday, which is a new weapon that we don't have when he's at right back. Havertz is literally inches away from scoring twice today. His positioning and understanding of space is incredible, but his finishing has let him down. I do see that it allows us to play in a different way with different weapons. We did last season on paper; it works and it's beautiful. It's not yet translating on the pitch, but the picture makes sense. We criticised Arteta for being too rigid. Now we are trying something different. Everyone's screaming for us to go back. Lots of games to play, and we will use both systems and more throughout. We are a different animal now, but we're in the we are an animal animal in the middle of adapting. I thought this is a really good balanced view, and you know, a lot of it, I. Think are really, you make really, really good points there, Craig. Um, at the Havertz point is right as well. You know, inches away from scoring a couple of goals. Had he got, had he managed to score a couple so far this season, I think the reaction to him would be very, very different. But the fact is, he hasn't, and so the reaction is always going to be as it is. He was always the player most under pressure coming in to perform straight away. You always felt like he had to perform straight away and contribute straight away. And if he didn't, then people are going to get on his back, and that is absolutely what's happening I agree that Arsenal's problem last season or one of the problems towards the end of last season was they were a little bit too rigid and didn't you know teams knew what how they were going to set up and all that and Mikel I think has worked pretty hard to try and change that and I think you need to change it quite as dramatically as he has but I can understand the reasons behind potentially trying to change things a little bit I just think he's doing a little bit too much in that back four that is upsetting things everywhere else on the pitch. I think, you know, you look at it yesterday, party at right back, Kivio at left back. That's just, it just, it's just a bit mad really. I just don't get it. It's like, you've got a left back, you've got a right back, play them in those positions rather than playing centre back in the central midfield in those positions. It just, yeah i am just not sure i think I think he's just gone a little bit too far when it comes to uh, what we've seen so far this season. only goodness here is the last one it says it's not it's it, yeah it's not rocket science last season. we added two new players, both of whom knew the system better than the existing squad. This season we've added three newcomers who don't know the system, and we've also had to change the formation like Mikel said. they will be much better after fifty games. It's a question of how much of a step back we have to take before it clicks a good an- another good balanced comment I thought there. The only issue is, obviously, you know, Arsenal have got new expectations this season. We all know that. Um, what they did last year has made this season a lot tougher in a way because no one had any expectation about them last season to do anything of note, really. But because they did, suddenly this season, there's all that new expectation level and they have to try and live up to the standards that they set last season. And... Um, So you're going to be judged pretty much on every single result. And that's what's happening so far, not just on your result, on your performance as well. Because last season, of course, they asked for exhilarating for a big patch this season. That hasn't happened yet. I do think it will click at some point. But I do think Mikel needs to not shake things up quite as dramatically as he has. Anyway, a lot of rambled on now for approaching 25 minutes. So uh, I'm going to head off now and enjoy... Wembley, AEW, if you are one of the other 88,000 or however many is heading to Wembley today, I really hope you have a very good day and see some very good rest in action uh, and you can uh, yeah put, put Arsenal's disappointing result to one side and enjoy yourself and if you're not heading to Wembley today, which I'm sure lots of you aren't, then enjoy the rest of your weekend anyway and I'll be back tomorrow to talk all things Arsenal once again. Have a very good Sunday everyone.